0: Today's scripture reading is from James 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Gretchen. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So Friday night, uh, my husband Jimbo and I were out with some friends and um, they invited us to just join them at a brewery that's kind of close to their house. And it was rockin' on a Friday night. Little, little bit of a, a secret here. We don't go out very often. So I was like, oh, it's Friday night. Woo! Um, it was the coolest place like many breweries. Um, it had this fenced in like uh, green grass area where dogs could run and play. I was especially excited about that, but also kids are kind of running around there. And there was this big movie screen in the green space where sometimes they show football games or you know, baseball games, whatever. Um, but that particular night, they were showing a movie and the movie was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I grew up watching all of the Indiana Jones movies. They were right in my era. love them all. But I remember when this particular one came out, it's the one with Indiana Jones and Sean Connery, Place's plays his dad. Um, I was in middle school when it came out, 89. It was a smart movie, a funny movie full of adventure and biblical lore. So it was obviously right up my alley. I was teasing my friend Jessica, who we were with, for not knowing the movie well because she is a pastor. And this is one of those movies that is full of scenes that can be used for sermons. And I was like, You've got to know this movie, Jessica. She was like, I saw it once a long time ago. And I was like, No, you need to know the movie. There's The Walk of Faith, there's The Penitent Man Shall Pass. And there's the scene of choosing the Holy Grail. So the movie centers around Indiana Jones' dad's search for the Holy Grail, the cup that Jesus used during the Last Supper. Spoiler alert, by the way. I'm going to tell you part of the ending. If you don't want to hear it, just la-la-la-la. At the very end... Indiana Jones and his rival, and this other girl, enter a cave where there are hundreds of chalices and cups. There's also this ancient medieval knight who is guarding them all. And he says to each person who comes in that you get a chance to choose the Holy Grail. One cup to drink from. But the knight says, But choose wisely. For while the true grail will bring you life, the false grail will take it from you. So the bad guy in the movie and the girl that is with him look at all the chalices of gold and silver, you know, bedecked with all sorts of jewels and beautiful ornaments. They pick one, and the guy says, this is more beautiful than I could ever have imagined. And as he gets the water from the basin to drink from, he said, this is certainly the cup of the King of Kings. But when he drinks, he suffers a pretty grisly death. When it's Indiana Jones's turn, however, he's just seen this guy kind of wither away and die, he looks at all the gathered chalices until he spots a simple, unornate cup and says, that's the cup of a carpenter. He drinks from it and lives. While his rival chose Poorly, Indiana Jones chooses wisely. In our scripture today, James speaks of two kinds of wisdom, an earthly wisdom and a heavenly one. The first says James is full of bitterness and envy and selfishness. The other is from God and is gentle, peaceable, and yields the fruits of mercy and all good things. I have to say that throughout my life I have struggled a bit with this particular scripture Because growing up in the Bible Belt of Texas, I heard lots of people say that they were using the wisdom of God, but it didn't really seem to align with the gentle, peaceful, merciful wisdom that James speaks of. I'm not counting myself out of that category, by the way, in this judgment of people using, oh, I've got the wisdom of God. I'm sure I said that plenty of times as well. But often, What this wisdom looked like was harsh, judgmental, full of selfish ambitions. I learned early on that even though people say that their values align with God, sometimes that can just be lip service. Seeing how they treat others and how they move in the world is often a better indicator. Not that I encourage us to sit around judging others. That's not what I'm asking us to do. But I do love how the New Interpreter's Bible addresses this topic. The scholarly interpretation says, James is addressing members of the Christian community who gather in the name of Jesus and profess the faith of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, but whose attitudes and actions are not yet in full friendship with God love that. Friendship with God. Turning to Christ is thought to be the final answer. Everything in a person's life before that turning is seen as darkness, and everything after it must therefore be in light. Such an understanding, however, demands an artificial removal of all ambiguity. Ambiguity, sorry, that's how you say the word in Christian life. But James sees that conversion is never complete. There's always double-mindedness, even among those who truly want to be friends of God. I love this idea of a community wanting to grow in friendship with God. Right as the service started, you saw another little um, video that I've been putting together the last few weeks as I sat with um, four different groups of people, asked some um, questions about our church, and kind of getting at the stories of Washington Park United Methodist Church. One story that I just love is one that Mark Warren tells. Mark Warren, for those of you who don't know, is the chair of our finance committee. And he speaks eloquently of how when he and Marnie, his wife, were looking for a place to live out their spiritual journey, they were able to find the preschool here and then the church. And he shares lovely recollections of connecting with a group of families with kids all about the same age, that from their very earliest moments as children have grown up and who are now in high school. In fact, we had um, back to school night for our preschool this last Wednesday. Wednesday, Tuesday, I don't know, some day this week. And Mark actually asked if he could come and just share the testimony of how important in his and his family's life this community has been. From the preschool to the connections here at church and here all these years later, 10, 15, whatever years later, those connections are still strong. And that for him and his family and this group of people that constitute Washington Park United Methodist Church, there has been growth together. There has been a living of lives together so that together there might be a discernment of God's way in this place. I think it's a tricky thing to read this scripture about wisdom, that there's this one wisdom and then there's this other wisdom that's easier, or that's better, excuse me, and it's easy for us at times to sit around and say, well, I've got the good kind, and yet, This isn't just a snap decision of saying this is good or this is bad. This is a life lived together in community, a journey as people of faith that we don't do alone. James is speaking to one of the earliest Christian communities, and these aren't just solo Christians out there trying to live life. These are people together figuring out with one another what their values are and how those values align with the values of God. Sometimes I'm left with the question of, okay, so how do you know your values are aligning with the values of God? And I think we simply need to look at the words of Christ, his sharing of the greatest commandment, to love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if there is anything that you are doing as an individual or we are doing as a community that doesn't treat our neighbor with humanity and dignity, then we're probably not aligning with the values of God. You know, this realignment, it happens in our individual spirits, it happens in community. I remember a time in my life that I held a very, very narrow view of who was welcome in the community of God. I thought it was only people that acted a certain way. For example, do you do Bible study for an hour every day? You do not, you are not welcome. I might have been a bit obsessive. I also thought it was not for those who might love someone of the same gender. And that was what I thought, that was my story. I was sticking to it, and I did not want to hear anybody who disagreed. However, I was surrounded by a cadre, a group, a family, a community of gentle people who didn't call out my ways, but who gently, lovingly showed me a different way, a kinder way, a way that I finally realized was deeply rooted in love of God and neighbor. Eventually, my heart was changed And I pray every day for that sort of movement in my own being, being open to realigning with the values of God. So this week, I invite you to consider your values and the values of this community and consider how they might align or might not align with the values of loving God and loving neighbor as ourselves. And as you consider those things, I pray that we all can choose wisely. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.